Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to the show. I'm excited to be sitting down with Jeremy McGilvery today. Um, Jeremy helps businesses bring their company from brick and mortar to click and order by leveraging the massive power of the internet and click funnels. Um, Jeremy is a Harvard-educated, number one best-selling author and has been featured in virtually every major publication from around the globe. Jeremy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. Thank you for having me. No problems at all, dude. So there's plenty we want to learn from your good self today. We'd love to learn your top business growth tips, your ultimate digital marketing strategies. But before that, Jeremy, we'd love to learn um, your story, really. So we'd love to learn kind of where you grew up, um, how you got into the business world, some of the key roles in um, jobs that you've had since, let's say, leaving school and, and some of the lessons that you learned along the way to take you from there to where you are today. You know, there's a great quote. It says, sometimes you have to trust in advance what will only make sense in reverse. And so whoever's watching now, whatever you're going through or whatever it is that you're learning or whatever it is that you're working on or whatever stumbling block or frustration you might have, a lot of times these pivots or when you look back, you're like, that's why that was happening so I could change my trajectory and really go out and do extraordinary things. I think it's important to understand, again, where you begin is not nearly as important as where you end. I see a lot of people bring their childhood problems into their adulthood. But I mean, all of us have some type of, you know, struggles or, or roadblocks that we go through, but it's how we face the challenges and rise up that makes all the difference. And so, you know, my story is not too unique than others. Had a, I grew up in Iowa, kind of a, not the, the best environment with the family that I was a part of. And then I moved okay. to Texas in the United States eventually joined the military, spent four years in the military, and then went to finance. Um, did really, really well in finance, started with Merrill Lynch, and then finished with my own practice. In the financial debacle of 2008-2009, ended up going through and taking some very poor advice and going through some massive challenges that ended in a criminal punishment. Got through that, but the key was I always continued to tell myself and I always continued to focus on no matter what, the future always can be bright if my mindset, my mentality, my attitude's in the right area. And so, you know, quickly going through the birth to now, because I don't think that's usually the most interesting thing to people. I think it's more about what can you do for me? How can you help me right now, you know, have peace of mind, have success, earn revenue, support my family, support my dreams and desires. So I just learned everything that I could. And when we're talking about business advice and business growth and business tips and tactics, in the economic environment we're in right now, businesses are failing at unprecedented rates. But here's the thing. I almost misspoke when I said business are failing. Businesses aren't failing. People are failing. Businesses don't fail. People fail. Every time I speak from stage and I ask people how many would be further on in life, further off in life or better off in life if they had more discipline, Virtually every hand goes up and the people who don't have their hand up, they're probably not paying attention to what I'm talking about. They're probably on their phones scrolling through social media. 
And so I think uh, moving to the, the business side of this and the most important business advice I could give anyone out there is businesses don't suck. People suck. And if people <laughs> don't have discipline and if people don't tell themselves what to do and then not talk back, your business will fail. And the amount of discipline and understanding that short-term sacrifices produce long-term happiness is vitally important to anybody watching, regardless of what gamut or what part of the fabric of business that you're involved in. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like you've had quite a journey from what we've discussed so far, Jeremy. Um, so you uh, you're in finance for a little while, then there was an issue. So you, you're in jail for a little while, um, it sounds like. Just before we get to kind of how you worked your way out of that, um, were there any lessons that you kind of learned that whilst you're in jail, was there anything that we could, we could share with us that we could take away from that experience? Great question. Great question. You know, Andrew Carnegie was the one who said you can learn more from the failures in life as opposed to the successes because the failures will teach you what not to do. Now, I've had lots of failures, but I think I'm a long way from a failure. I ended up writing an entire book about the lessons I learned from the mistakes I made and also about what I did right to have success. And anybody can find that book at ceobook.com. It's a very elaborate assertion of nearly 600 pages that walks you through the mistakes I made that took me from a multi, multi, multi-millionaire in my early 20s to a prison sentence to becoming outrageously successful and an industry leader to where I am today. And so yeah, ceobook.com, and there's some business advice in that too. Think if I was on a podcast, or think if I was speaking from stage, and I told people to go to um, my favorite book, backslash ry.v, or whatever it is, you've gotta make stuff simple for your customers. You've gotta think about how can I easily get them to where I need them to go, especially when it comes to online. And it took a long time and a hefty investment to acquire ceobook.com, but it's so simple when you talk to people about, here's where I want you to go. And I have so much passion and so much just the belief that's my obligation and my duty to force people to take action and get this book at ceobook.com that I wanted to make it stupid simple. I wanted people to go to the page and learn more about me, learn more about my story again, because I don't shy away from the mistakes I made. I think that it's a cardinal sin not to share the lessons learned from what I've went through with other people. And so I want to be very forthcoming. And as I tell people, how could you trust me with your future if I'm not honest with you about my past? And I want to be very honest with people about, I screwed up. I made mistakes and I'm so humiliated over it. If I could do them differently, I 1000% would. But unfortunately, I don't let them become a death sentence. Instead, I learn, I turn them into, you know, lifelong learning lessons that I don't make those same mistakes again. And more importantly, I teach other people where the roadblocks are or where the minefields are in the career path and how to avoid them and hopefully have success without going through the insane investment of emotional turmoil and setbacks that I've went through. Got it, man. So it sounds like, although it was a it was a depressing time, you made best use of your time by being able to write this amazing book, and you kind of yeah essentially did the best of what you could with a poor situation. So after that, Jeremy, because you're of course now a digital marketing expert and a ClickFunnels expert, um, what was the next step on the journey once you were out of prison and moving forwards? What was next for you? Were you setting up your own business straight away or did you have all these different ideas or what was the, the step you took? Very good question. So 
every day I was in a prison cell, I worked and I wrote and I developed, you know, strategies and ideas about how could I get my life back together because I knew one day all of this stuff would end. I knew that something had to give, it just couldn't be me. And when I got that second chance, when I had the opportunity to, to go back out, I knew that I was going to enter society with zero, with nothing. Um, I was given a $300 check and told good luck. And six, seven years ago, I took that $300 check and turned it into the empire that I have today, six years later, that I'm insanely and proud of. And a lot of that came from my discipline. A lot of that came from probably, here's the most important thing. And I write about this a lot in my book, again, ceobook.com, about my reference point. I believe that I deserved a lot more than I had. And I believe that I deserve the things that I have in my life right now, which are very significant. And I, I made certain that my words didn't necessarily match what I wanted because that's a waste of time. I made certain my actions matched what I wanted. Everybody's gonna tell you they wanna be successful. Everyone's gonna tell you they wanna be a millionaire. Everyone's going to tell you they wanna take care of their family. However, where the rubber meets the road is when there's a discrepancy between what someone says and what someone does, always believe what they do because actions don't lie. Success is nothing more than understanding that progress is in the process. This is all a process. And so going back and answering your question, which I'm sorry I didn't do a very good job at, but I came back and I ended up working for my father for $600 a month and he could only pay me for a couple of months and $600 okay. is obviously significantly below any poverty you know, rate. And then I started selling used cars and it was it. humiliating being this outrageously successful CEO chairman of a finance company that managed hundreds of millions of dollars of assets and now here I am selling used cars. But here's the key. I sold used cars and the very first day I stepped on this car lot, which I've never done this before, but I became the number one salesman the first day and the last day. I think I was there eight months. But it wasn't about my intelligence. It was about the hustle. It was about the grind. It was about, I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's a thousand degrees outside in Texas, which in Houston it is often 105, 110. I'm going to go get the money. I'm going to do whatever I can to get my life back in point. And that goes back to the reference point. My reference point was someone of significance, not just skimming by life and conforming to everybody else. So I went to this car lot, worked there for eight or nine months, did the best I could and left and ended up starting a business with my brother. And that okay. business was thesecrettosuccess.com. And it was a massive failure. I knew <laughs> nothing about online marketing. I knew nothing about websites. I knew nothing about social media. I mean, this was in 2014 at that time. I just, I knew right, nothing okay. about any of this stuff. I, I had never had a Facebook account. I had never had a, a social media account. I didn't know how to build a website. I barely knew how to find YouTube. I mean, I was gone for almost a half a decade and a lot of things changed in that amount of time. So that business failed. I continued to work and, you know, consult with other businesses because I knew how to run businesses very well. I knew how to you know, keep people from shooting in different directions and getting nowhere. I knew how to keep people from spending major time on minor stuff. Slowly but surely, I started having a little bit more success and I poured every penny back into learning Facebook ads, learning Google PPC, understanding sales funnels and WordPress and Drupal and Jimala and coding and everything else and just locking myself in a room, not being addicted to distractions, focusing on, you know, I'd go to YouTube and I would watch probably 30 different videos about how to run Facebook ads. And after watching 30 videos, I would dial down to what these gurus were saying over and over again. What are all of them saying that's the same? So if that's the case, that must work. 
and then I'd go run Facebook ads and generally I would lose everything. I, I, it was, it's a very hard process to learn. That's one of my frustrations with this online marketing stuff. This shit is hard. It's very hard. It'll take an emotional toll on you and it's a massive investment of your time. And the key though, if you'll live a few years of life like most people wouldn't, you can live the rest of your life like most people couldn't because with these unprecedented times comes unprecedented opportunity. Not many people know how this stuff works. Again, I'm easily leading the digital marketing industry right now. I'm easily in the top five on the globe, on the entire planet. And this comes from somebody that just figured this stuff out in 2014. But again, I just immersed myself into learning everything I needed to learn. Eventually, you know, winning the Two Comic Club Award with ClickFunnels, making over a million dollars with my number one best-selling Instagram book. And again, like that domain, super simple again, igbook.com. Just keeping stuff easy, trying to understand that when Da Vinci talked about sophistications, not when nothing else can be added, but when nothing else can be taken away, the simplicity is really where we can execute. In my book, CEO, I talk about, what do I talk about? I talk about the sophistication is the enemy of implementation. We've got to learn how to take sophisticated upsells and downsells and continuity programs and pixeling and retargeting and we've got to put it on its simplest form possible so that way we can execute it. And then more importantly, so we can teach our team to execute this stuff because that kind of leads into why digital marketing, Jeremy, you know, why didn't you become a, a car salesman or why didn't you go, you know, run another finance company? Why, why was it digital marketing? And it came down to digital marketing is I think many of us are fascinated with the internet and the immense power that it has to produce revenue. And just as importantly, if not more so produce impact. So I wanted to make certain that I wasn't trading my time for money. I wanted to put systems and processes in place that could generate revenue while I was spending time with my children, Tom and Tristan, as opposed to just constantly doing a transactional business, build a website, get paid, sell a car, get paid, you know, take out an appendix, get paid. I wanted to make sure I wasn't involved in that type of a business model. Got it. So it's a strategic move. All right, Jeremy, we've covered quite a lot of ground there. So as you were saying, you're selling cars for a while, got to the top of the game and that by the sounds of it, that was just from sheer determination because you had a point that you wanted to get to and you were, you were determined to get there. Um, you tried an online marketing business that failed with your brother. Then you did research, it sounds like, for hours on end on YouTube um, to be able to, to become an expert in the digital marketing arena, learning, learning the field, learning the game, learning the strategies that were involved. How did you stay so focused to, to become, to train yourself with, with, and like you say, you spent money on Facebook ads and to begin with it failed and you kept trying and you kept learning. How did you determine or how did you stay on track to, to learn all these techniques? I do a lot of these podcasts and interviews. I don't get that question very often. What a great question. Um, it's such a great question about how someone stays focused because where your focus goes, your energy flows. It's a great cliche, but it also works. And the first chapter of my book, the ceobook.com book, I talk about reverse engineering the process with your vision. What kept me focused is why I was out on long runs or when I would go to bed or when I would start getting frustrated or when I would find myself drifting off from focusing on what I needed to focus on, I would close my eyes and imagine. And in this imaginarying, stage, which I talk very deep about in my book, I would imagine my life the way I want it. And imagining that life with Tom and Tristan, my boys with me, you know, in an ostentatious home that encompassed everything that I'd worked for, 
having a black Escalade pulling up, taking us to a private sector of the airport, getting on a private jet, flying on that private jet with my family there, landing in LAX to where another private jet takes us to Pelican Hill in LAX. And then I go to one of the speaking engagements that I typically do anyway out in LA. Just the details of seeing that and understanding the lifestyle that I wanted to live and what I wanted to create and then looking at what I currently had in front of me, that was the motivating factor that helped me really dial in and stay focused. I mean, I was someone who was not the best student in my upbringing when it came to school, but understanding that education is the keys to the kingdom and then trying to learn from the best and be a part of the, the best academic programs possible is really what breaks the chains and allows you know, self-limiting beliefs to take yourself to a new level. Believing in your goals and your vision of something that is so incredible that most people could never get their mind around and then reverse engineering that process. What do I need to do to, today to get there? And how do I just lay out activities that's going to slowly but sure me keep me on the right path but deliver exponential results and a life that I want to give my family and my children. So staying okay. on focus is easily having that vision of where you want to go. Got it. Um, and I've actually got two questions off that question, Jeremy. Um, one, is there any way you can give us a, a tangible breakdown of how someone could break down where they actually want to get to? Um, so let's say we were, we were I don't know, selling um, cars, um, as you brought that up, for example, we wanted to get to a place where we could buy a half a million pound house. Um, so that was the vision. And perhaps they had that up on a vision board. So every day they'd, they'd go into their office and they'd see that on, on their work board and they'd be like, this is the point I want to get to. When you say breaking that down into daily tasks, what does that mean? Or what could you give us an example of what you did on your side to make that manageable? Another amazing question. Thank you so much for letting me jump on here with you. That, that is such a great question. Here's why. In my book, again, and I'm not trying to pound this book through there, but in my book, in the first chapter, when I was just talking about your vision and reverse engineering your plan, that vision board is important. And I touch on the vision board because at the end of every single chapter in this book, there's seven chapters, there's exercises that I really encourage the people who read the book to do because a book is something you can passively do or you can actively do if you engage with the exercises that I put together. And these exercises come from some of the most renowned neuroscientists in the world to really help your neurons and program you know, your conscious brain with your subconscious brain. So answering that question, the vision board is key and a lot of people have a vision board, but here's what people don't have. Something called a battle board. Now, what's a battle board? A battle board is nothing more than a piece of paper, a whiteboard, a glass board, anything that breaks down the steps that's going to get you there. So if you know your end result is this 500,000 um, pound house, which again, with the American dollar being so devalued, if you're watching this in the US right now, that's probably about a, uh, three quarters of a million dollar yeah, house. Yeah, about that. And if that's your objective right now, then it's about finding that house that you believe is going to really inspire you. Taking a screenshot of that house or cutting out that house on a, on a, uh, a magazine. And this stuff sounds so childish and so like kids play, but I can't tell you, I'm competing at one of the highest levels on the globe and many of my friends are, easily some of the top people on the globe. And get this, these people are worth tens of millions if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Get this, they still do this stuff. They still cut stuff out of magazines. They still take screenshots, even though they're at the top of the food chain by far when it comes to the economic success level. 
but they do this stuff. And so apparently it works. And it works so well that having the vision and seeing that when you're tired, when you're acting sluggish, when you're spending major time on modern stuff, looking at that house and envisioning yourself there and really seeing it over and over and over again helps you program your mind. But now that's the vision part. Now what's the battle part of the board? Now that's breaking down the activities. All goal setting is, you don't need a, a, a book, you don't even need to buy my book. You don't buy the book, just do this. Actually, I'd like you to buy the book. But anyhow, just figure out what do you want. A lot of people don't get crystal clear about what they want. It's ambiguous or they can't really see it or they can't touch it. When I walked you through, you know, leaving my house in a black Escalade, getting on a private jet with my, my sons, Tom and Tristan, I can see it. I was running yesterday outside and, and I literally closed my eyes for a little while while I was running. Thank God I didn't run into anything. And I saw <laughs> it. I could almost touch it right in front of me and I don't have it and it hasn't happened yet. But if anybody was going to bet on it, I'm pretty sure they would bet that I will get that and I will absolutely get there. But you've got to see it. And you can't just see it with your eyes. You've got to see it with your brain. There's something called your reticular activated system in the frontal cortex that really helps you figure out what your mind allows you to see and focus on. So once you see it and you see yourself in this, this house, now the battle board comes into what are the activities? And that's all goal okay. setting is. Figure out where are you right now? A lot of people don't want to be honest about where are you right now? Not where do you want to be? Not where would you like to be? But where are you at this very moment? Okay, this could be rock bottom. This could be day one instead of one day. And now start from the beginning or even the end. It doesn't really matter. You know, Steve Kobe talked about begin with the end in mind, which I love his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But start looking at the activities. What's it going to take? That's what I did. What's it going to take for me to get to where I am? Well, you probably should become a best-selling author. So one of my activities, need to write a book. Well, you probably should get in the press by Forbes and Huffington Post and Entrepreneur and every, well, okay, that was one of my activities. Well, you probably should have a website that conveys authority and that's beauty and that's simplistic. Started working on that and started looking at all these big tasks. Okay, so I need to write a book. Well, what am I gonna write a book about? And then that's the, the major goal. And then you have all the small goals that go down below it. And it's no different. There's someone on the internet right now that has done whatever the person watching wants to do. So go fit. And they probably documented it. I, I documented everything. And again, in my most recent book, but again, it's not as complex as people might want to make it out to be. You just got to stay focused and do the work long enough and trust that the progress is in the process. Awesome. And I guess if you were a business owner or a sales rep or even a marketing rep, if that came down to revenue targets, I guess it would mean Jeremy kind of breaking it down. Like how many leads do we need to get to get a sale? How many sales do I need to hit per day or per week to hit this number? And how many months worth of this do I need to hit this target to get this many sales commissions to then get the dream house in one year's time or two years time or whatever it may be. I guess that applies in that format, right? Sure. It's perfect. I mean, the format and the framework never changes. It's all a process. It's understanding that you've got to put systems in your business. You know, Michael Gerber wrote in E-Myth, systems permit ordinary people to achieve extraordinary results predictably. And it's all about figuring out, okay, if this is the revenue goal for the month, then what activities do I need to break down to hit that revenue goal? And what I like to teach people that I work with or that I train you shouldn't be as focused on the dollar amount as you should be focused on the activities. How many calls okay. do I make? How many seminars do I need to make? How many emails do I need to send out? How many handwritten letters do I need to send out? And breaking down the activities and repeating those activities long enough, that's the whole key with online marketing, offline marketing, understanding the process and repeating the process long enough, trusting the process long enough, staying disciplined long enough, 
and having the ability to wait for results. I think the fourth chapter in my book, I talk about instant gratification and how we have to learn to delay gratification and going back again to the short-term sacrifices that produce you know, exponential results. Got it. Awesome, man. So let's move on a little bit and talk about how you've been able to scale your business from where you started out to where it is today. Um, so I think you mentioned just now you became one of the top ClickFunnels guys. You've spoken at big seminars. Um, you're generating high revenue for your customers. So talk us through a little bit of how it was to begin with when you were first studying and kind of learning the digital marketing techniques that you now apply day to day. And was it, was it hard, Jeremy, when you first started out? Was it hard to gain customers or how did you gain your first few customers and how did you scale up? Very good question. What I did different than everybody else, for one, I came into this business knowing nothing. And that was a big advantage for me now that I look back and see that. When someone showed me that you could create an opt-in funnel and then you could schedule five emails that go out, one goes out immediately, one goes out the next day, one goes out the following day, one goes out the day after that. When someone showed me that, I was like, oh my God, that's possible? So wait a minute, I don't have to manually send emails out to everybody that opts in? And to a lot of people watching right now, they think that's common sense. Yeah, of course, that's the way you do it. Well, I have already had, at that point, outrageous business success. I'd already become a multimillionaire, ran massive organizations. And so I was able to go play in the business arena before I learned it. And that sounds backwards, but it worked out beautifully for me because now I know what the customer journey looks like and I know what my customers want. And now I'm learning the process. I can engineer all of that to how it's going to format to, again, provide, you know, over delivering results to the people we serve. And answering your question about how did I get my customers results, I didn't. Most people, and most is the right way to say this, when it comes to digital marketing, they want to go out and get customers and try to get their customers results when they've never got themselves results. So their customers are the guinea pig. So they're, they're learning on their customer's dollar. And a lot of these business owners, especially small business owners, they can't pay you to learn this stuff. They need results. They need you to execute. They need you to produce in a relatively short amount of time. And so instead of going and getting customers, I built my own stuff. I built my own funnels. I built my own courses. I built my own webinars. I ran my own ads. I did everything for my own stuff. And I learned on my own dollar. And I messed up more things than I got right. But the beauty about life is this. You can mess up over and over and over and over and over again. You only really need to get one or two things right for everything to shift in your life. And then when you get those things right, just keep doing them over and over and over again and get a little bit better at them. So again, my thing was, the way I was able to get my customers is I practice what I teach. I eat what I cook. I mean, I do for myself what I do for my customers. And when I go out and, and implement something for myself and it has success, then I do that for my customers instead of learning on their dollar. Again, you should never take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with, and you should never you know, work with someone who's not their own best customer, who doesn't practice what they teach on a regular basis. So I think my customers, for one, they quickly understand that in my confidence of what I'm saying, in my confidence in my abilities, they quickly understand the buck stops with me. If they get a chance to work with me, if we take them on as a customer, if we choose to work with them, myself and my team, Again, my team is extraordinary, and that's a whole process in and of itself of going through <laughs> so many people to find the right people that you can count on and that's sure. not going to embarrass you or your brand. But again, our clients now, it, they sell me to work with them. I don't sell them. I'm very direct. 
here's what it's going to cost you. Here's how long it's going to take. And if they do something silly, like come back and try to lowball me or give me a different price, I politely tell them good luck because I know what it costs and I know what it takes. And I understand that if you'll get all the small things right in your business, maybe not all of them, but the majority of the small things, right? The big things come into place. And so this baloney out there of people saying that you build a sales funnel, you run some ads and you win the two comma club award by producing a million dollars. Nothing could be further from the truth. This is an art. This is a science. This is something that you can't just put up some bullshit minimum viable product and expect it to work. You've got to put a lot of thought process into this stuff and primarily research, 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 research. It's boring. It's not fun. But the more research you do and the more data you follow, the more success you'll have. Got it. Okay. So essentially, it sounds like you, you practice what you preach, um, which is what any reputable person should be doing anyway, or any reputable company. Um, you shouldn't be selling products or services for one that don't work and two that you don't believe in. So fully on board with you there, Jeremy. Um, now, with, in terms of being able to, to market and the strategies that you've used to acquire your customers, has that all been via ClickFunnels itself in terms of kind of paid ads through landing pages and then remarketing on that sense? Or have you had any other um, marketing success, be it outbound or be it inbound marketing that you've utilized or that you'd recommend for anyone tuning in? Sure. You know, I began running Facebook ads pretty much like everybody else did. And I didn't have a lot of success. Still to this day, I'm not the best Facebook ad advertiser on there. I understand how the ads work. I understand how retargeting works. I understand all the ad segments and what it takes to run these ads. But I chose not to give my life to analyzing and adjusting ads 24-7. We have people that, that do that for us. But I began with Facebook and I didn't have success at all. Eventually, I went to Instagram and I paid an influencer to promote one of the books that I've written. And I didn't really pay that influencer to promote the book because I wanted to promote the book. I tell people all the time, and I talk about this throughout my CEO book, as well as when I speak from stage, you should never be a chess piece. You should always be a chess player. And it's all about setting up the activities and processes that will bring about large results over time. And sustainable success is much more important when you're worried about not getting rich fast, but getting rich forever. So here's where I, I kind of told people, I didn't have success with Facebook. I connected with this influencer on Instagram. I said, look, I'll run an ad for, on your page for a book I wrote. But in turn, I would like to interview you on, on how you built your following. And he said, yes, I'll let you interview me. And we ran the ad. And unbeknownst to me, we made so much money from that ad, it blew my mind. And the key was... <laughs> It wasn't a sponsored post. It wasn't a sponsored ad. It was a word of mouth recommendation from an Instagram page that people had no like and trust already built up inside of it. And so once I stumbled on that, it was mind blowing. Literally Facebook with all the different targeting techniques with their unfair and I believe unethical ad practices that are involved in their platform. And we use Facebook. We love Facebook, but it's just really difficult for most people to deal with their ad platform. Going to an influencer with Instagram there's no rules. It's literally like the wild west and it still is today just as much as it ever has been. They put your post on their page or in their story and they tell you to swipe up or click a link to go to your landing page. There's no 20% text rules. There's, there's nothing. You do whatever you want and you get all the opportunity to leverage their credibility that they have for your product or service by a word of mouth recommendation, again, rather than an advertisement. That's the reason why LeBron James will sell more Nikes than Nike ever could. 
But anyhow, that's what I learned. Had lots of success with Instagram influencer shout outs, interviewed the influencer, ended up selling the interview and doing very well with that and scaling out on Instagram really well. Again, wrote the number one book in the world to this day. It will probably be the Bible for Instagram forever. Instagram secrets, you know, igbook.com or every major bookstore across every continent. But the key was with that advertising was learning to leverage the credibility of these influencers. That's what's worked well for me. I still love Facebook. I still love YouTube. I still love pay-per-click. But leveraging credibility of people that have followers is huge for promoting your products and service. And do you think that can work for any industry, Jeremy? Because, of course, you're a digital-based company, so it kind of makes sense. And it's interesting because we haven't talked much on this show about um, social influence and influencer marketing. We did have Harry Hugo, one of the um, from Go Agency, one of the UK's biggest social marketing or social influencer agencies, rather. Um, so it's interesting you took that route, as it's not something we discussed. So is that something that any industry can can leverage, can get involved in, or is it quite niche? Good question. So here's kind of how that would work. Let's say that you're a roofing company and you want roofing leads. It would be really silly to go advertise with an Instagram influencer that has five million followers in a particular country because those followers are from all over the globe and you would be promoting a service that you couldn't really use. And there's geo-targeting, of course, when it comes down to how you want to run ads, but that's going to the Facebook ad platform. When you go to the Instagram influencer or the TikTok influencer or whatever influencer you're working with, they don't have the ability to segment their ads. So what you would have to do is really look at the demographics. I think Square allows you to do that. But you'd have to find an influencer that might have 20 or 30,000 followers, which is still significant if the engagement between the followers and the influencer is key, that's located in your demographic area, in your geographic area. So when it comes to like real estate um, um, brokers or local businesses, restaurants, you've got to do a little bit more research and make absolutely certain for one, the followers are legit. And for two, that they're in the proximity of where you can service these people. If you do have an information product or you do service globally or even nationally, you can work with influencers that again, work with, you know, stuff of that nature. When you're running these ads, do not run people to a paid offer. Do not say here, go buy my product. Run people to a very simple opt-in of something we call bait, giving them something free and then run a four or five email sequence. And then that third email, fourth email and fifth email, drive them to your offer. So start out with something free, add value, leverage the law of reciprocity, and then that third, fourth, and fifth email, drive them to a paid offer. Great stuff. Okay, Jeremy, well, that's been really useful, and I'm sure a lot of people have found value in that itself. Um, For anyone that's thinking of starting a business, or for anyone that's just started their own business, have you got any tips or any golden nuggets of advice that could help them get on the right journey? Sure. This isn't as hard as a lot of us make it out to be. It's hard when we stare at a blank whiteboard or when we want to come up with our own business plan. I don't care what business you're starting or what you want to do. Step one, research, 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 research. Go figure out who's already doing what you want to do. And then follow them, model them, and don't find one person. Use a simple Google document and get 10, 12, 20 people that are doing what you want to do right now and model all of their practices and processes. Look at what they're doing, how they're having success. There's a website called similarweb.com where you can spy on your competitors, you can look at how much traffic they get, and you can look at the success levels just through some simple um, indicators on their, their free side of this software. 
But step one is not coming up with your business and figuring out what you want to sell. That's the worst thing you could ever do. That's what I did. Instead of creating demand, you want to fill demand. So look on the internet, find people that are doing what you want to currently do with your business, put all their information in a Google document, go through all of their stuff. If you can interview them, talk to them, learn from them. I tell people all the time, I lit my candle from some of the biggest names in online marketing. So a lot of people light their candle from me, me now. It's like a duty when you become successful and an obligation to help others achieve success as well. There's so much money on this planet. There's so much opportunity that if you'll help enough other people, back to Zig Ziglar, get what they want, you'll absolutely get what you want as well. It goes back to the law of reciprocity again. So do your research, figure out who's already doing this stuff and then model, don't copy, but model their processes because they've already figured it out. Anybody can have success at any business right now by just doing the research and following the strategies that their competitors have already discovered that works. Excellent. Well, that, that makes sense. Um, do your research on, on what people in or businesses rather in your industry are doing. And if they're doing well, then yeah, work, work your process around that. Makes sense. Okay. So Jeremy, have you got any, just before we wrap things up, are there any daily habits that you've got or any habits that you believe people should have to, to be a success in sales, marketing and business? Sure. Another very good question. You know, my book is very deep. The CEO book.com book is very deep in habits and routines. All okay. successes is compiling one successful minute on the next minute, one successful hour on the next hour, one successful day on the next day, one successful week on the next week and then months. It's all about making constant and never ending improvements when it comes to your life. And when it comes to all this alcohol or when it comes to all this processed food, if you can't be on point and have clarity and have energy inside of your body to go out and achieve extraordinary things, you're not going to have success. You've got to be disciplined to tell yourself what to do and not talk back like I talked about earlier. And it takes a lot of energy to do extraordinary things. You can't show up lethargic. You can't show up with toxins in your body. If you're going to be successful and anybody can be successful, you don't have to come from a, a specific pedigree. You don't have to have anything in your life right now. I started with $300 and nothing six or seven years ago, and I have an empire right now, all because I compiled one good choice on another choice, one good decision on another decision, one good day on another day, and I continue to work my process over and over and over again. So it's not like you must be up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. I don't believe in that. Some of, I'm an early person. I like to get up early and start having success and start building on progress throughout the day. I have friends that don't get up that very early and they like to work at night and they are outrageously successful. So figuring out what works for you, but again, tracking and documenting your time because people say things and then they don't actually do them. There's a study I talk about in my book called inattentional blindness. And what that is, is we don't actually see what we're doing wrong because we're focused on something different. So again, tracking your time, tracking your life, measuring and managing what you're doing and understanding that this is all part of a process. And so if you really document yourself and study yourself and look at where you're spending your time and having slow but sure you know, success, it's all about not doing the fancy stuff but the fundamentals and that's what brings sustainable success. So absolutely the habit of just getting in a groove of life and repeating a process and a routine long enough and having the patience to wait for the results. Love that. And especially like the fact that you say, work out what works for you as just like you say, not everyone can, can rise at four or five in the morning. Some people are suited to working later at night. So that's, that's really sound advice, Jeremy. Um, so really appreciate it. You've been tuning in to Sam's business growth show where we sit down with business leaders, experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, 
how digital marketing has helped them along the way and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. Jeremy, what I like to ask everyone that comes on the show is if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, for having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? I think my mother. And okay. for a very unique reason. My mother showed me throughout my entire life what not to do. And sometimes looking at someone who doesn't live a very good life and saying, I will never be like that and using a negative vision to change the generations of your family moving forward is probably something that I've never thought about a lot before, but that's who I would think for showing me what not to do. Okay. Um, and Jeremy, let us know a bit more about your business and the best way people can connect with you and get in touch. Sure. I would love nothing more than you to pick up this book that I poured my heart and soul in. Again, ceobook.com. There's a ton of free stuff you get from me, all kinds of video content, all kinds of interviews of just what my mindset was when I was down to nothing and had to tell myself a story that you can do this regardless if you're down and out, you can still you know, pull off this miracle that I feel that there was magic in the mess. So ceobook.com would mean a lot to me. Just check out the information on that page and pick up the book would, I think, definitely help you wake up out of the hypnotic rhythm that people get in in patterns and interrupt those patterns and break free. Fantastic stuff. Well, the show is sponsored by webchoiceuk.com. Jeremy, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.